0: Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Thank you for your welcome tonight. If I sound a little bit nervous, it's because I am. If you've never stood up here, I can tell you it's scary biscuits. Just just for Andrew's information, since he's English and rather tall, the Irish mission goes back to before the Act of Union, which I think was maybe 1742. Some historian will correct me, but our roots go back to 1710, so we we trump you. (laughs) And the other thing is, be careful about talking behind the wire, because it has another connotation here in Northern Ireland. So we're here tonight to talk about, or I am, about the International Meeting Point. It's a work of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. And I think it's important to know right at the very outset that it's funded completely by the donations of people within the Presbyterian Church. So we are church-funded, and I think that's very important. Uh, I I believe all God's work should be paid for uh, by God's people going to share with you a few stories about people what we do and why we do it but uh, I suppose I want to frame it in in terms of uh, this verse uh, a very well-known verse from uh, Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9 after this I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation tribe people and language standing before the throne and in front of the lamb They were wearing white robes, and they were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. This is why we do this. This is a life and death issue. Uh, Today, Andrew has given us those very stark figures, but the reality is that there's going to be people from every tribe and tongue and nation standing before the throne. And I suppose... It's a bit funny for me to be standing here talking about people from all over the world because I'm sure we have missionaries here tonight uh, from many different places uh, from all over the world but hey the reality is and you're going to see it in a minute or two that people from all over the world have come to us in Northern Ireland there's no longer two tribes here now we've got people from everywhere and why not use this opportunity while God has instead of sending us out why not talk to these people here at home and that's what the Presbyterian church were hoping for when we started to work eight years ago on the Lisburn road Uh, it wasn't called the international meeting point then it was just a drop-in center in in, uh, Ulsterville Presbyterian church you can see Ulsterville Presbyterian there just up above at the city hospital Uh, we started work there for two years The building was sold, and we moved next door to where we are now above. Uh, Well, it was the Mace Shop. It's now now Centra, and that's our big sign outside the wall. And we try to live by that, where everyone is welcome. Uh, Still haven't quite got that slide right, but since we're all fond of pie charts tonight, uh, I made one up as well. We did a we did, just to give you an idea, we did a, uh, what do you call them, sort of a survey one day of every one person who came into into the meeting point, just to get an idea. And in one day on the Lisburn Road, we had 121 people from 30 different countries. And all through the summer, we've been getting crowds around lunchtime of anywhere between 80 and 100 people with about 20 different languages. So you can see... It's incredible to think that that's happening uh, in in our in our cities and and in in our province. Now, the biggest part of my my pie chart is people from Northern Ireland. There's even, if you look through those there, there's actually one person from Ulster. <laughs> but most of them are from Northern Ireland. And about that that has remained consistent throughout the last uh, eight years, and that is. About one-third of the people visiting us are, are local people, elderly people, unemployed people, drug addicts, alcoholics, people with mental health issues. Uh, about one-third, the other two-thirds, are this great milieu of, of different people from many different countries. So it's just a, an interesting fact. We, although we started this uh, missionary work with one person, uh, c'est Moi. We now have three full-time staff. Uh, Sharon he- Heron is a deaconess uh, who formerly worked in Strand Presbyterian in, in East Belfast. She's been with me three years and she mainly reaches out, out among uh, women in, in the meeting point. And just two years ago, we got a new missionary uh, to work with us in, in the meeting point, Henry Coulter. He will be about tomorrow morning around the Bangor Worldwide uh, Convention. So if you if you see him, say hello to him. Henry was 29 years in Bangladesh and has brought a very different flavor and and a great addition to our team. But, you know, as as I was looking around here, uh, trying to spot some people, which is very difficult with the lights, I do see that we don't just do this work alone in, in the meeting point. We have many, many helpers And I think I counted at least five of them here tonight, some of them former missionaries themselves, who are using the opportunity, now that they're back from being in the field abroad, they're using their skills still uh, in the meeting point uh, to reach out with the gospel. And you'll hear a story about one of those uh, in a minute, and I know she's here tonight, so I have to be very careful. But we have many people from many churches helping us, and in fact, Henry, Henry's a great bookkeeper, you know, and he keeps a record of all these things. We have about a hundred volunteers from I don't know how many different churches who are helping in the meeting point. And if you don't know anything about it, and this is your first time hearing about it tonight, there might be an opportunity for you to do something. Instead of just hearing about mission, you could maybe even become, uh, I'll come along to us and be a part of it. So one of the small group of people who come to us would be students from Queen's University. They make their way into us. This girl was doing a, from China was doing a, PhD, a master's degree in pharmacy, and she had come along to my English classes. One of the things we do is we teach English. And she'd come along to my class, uh, not because she needed English, but because everyone in her house was Chinese. Her lecturers, her tutors in Queen's were Chinese, and she wanted actually just socially to speak to people about English. And I used to do English classes, and I would do English classes for those who were interested uh, in the Bible uh, as an extra class. And she came along to those, and she'd never been to church. She'd never read the Bible. She knew nothing about it at all. And uh, I asked her one time, would you like to come to my house for a meal, Uh, which she she was delighted to do. And uh, I said, but before that, we go to church. Would you come with us? And she said, I'd love to come to church. I've never been to church. And she came along to church with us that morning. And at the end of the service, she asked me, I would like to become a Christian. How do I become a Christian? And while tea and coffee was being served, she asked the Lord Jesus into her life. Now, she's gone back to China, and I I don't know what's happening to her now, but I know that as we prepare missionaries to go to China or, or anywhere, they have to learn the language they have to have a social group, they have to do all sorts of things, whereas she has all of that already. Now, I pray that she's still a Christian, but we use that opportunity through teaching English to reach other people. Last year, I had a Kurdish couple. He was doing post work after his PhD. He was a university lecturer, and his wife was a university lecturer. And they came to me quietly in the meeting point, and they asked me, what is Christianity? Because they were seeing an opportunity here in Northern Ireland that they wouldn't have in Turkey, in that uh, there they they weren't allowed to explore Christianity or have a Bible. Through the Bible Society, I was able to get them a, a Bible in Turkish, and they had Bible studies with me about what the message of Christianity is. And the message of Christianity is Jesus Christ, and I shared Jesus Christ with them. And they took that Bible with them back into the Kurdish part of Turkey. I had a Jordanian man who, who was blind, completely blind. He was doing a PhD in English, quite remarkable. He was a university lecturer. And uh, through uh, the chaplain at the prison in Megabri, we were able to get him John's Gospel in Braille. Now, it was it was a volume like this, and that was just John's Gospel, so I was glad I didn't promise him the New Testament because it was gigantic. But he didn't like it right away. I mean, I shared the, the gospel with him and what Christianity wasn't about Jesus, but he really got hung up on Jesus in John chapter 1, verse 1, Jesus being uh, the Son of God. I better crack on because of... But that was just... We've had many opportunities with Chinese students and, and different students, particularly from uh, the Middle East, who are curious about the Bible. And right now, I've got a new Turkish couple uh, just come to the meeting point who are Kurds and I'm hoping to get talking to uh, the husband very very soon uh, about the gospel of course that's the lady who's with us tonight Vera in the blue jumpers, a very keen volunteer in the international meeting point was with Kwaebo Mission and uses with many different uh, sort of volunteers in the meeting point with people who cook people who teach English people who clean And we've got people who uh, just share their faith and that's what Vera does and there's another man here tonight as well and I know that's what he does as well. Two of them, in fact. And they share their gospel and Vera there uh, gets alongside people. She used to have a ladies' Bible study and uh, Vera got alongside that Chinese girl beside her who was a Buddhist and asked her husband for permission and Vera got to know her and got alongside her and Vera... Led her to Bible studies and, and led her uh, to church, and she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And you know, we were doing an Alpha course, and her husband came along, and uh, he said he was doing a PhD in physics, and he said, you know, he said, uh, "I I don't believe in any of this stuff. I'm a scientist. I don't believe there is a God." He says, but. He says, I've come along tonight because something has happened to my wife. She's not the same person that she was. Do you know, friends, tonight, we're all gathered here tonight, you know, but I want to remind us all, not many people are reading the Bible today. But I can tell you this, everybody is reading you and me. Everybody's looking at us in your family. If you're a Christian and they're not, and they're weighing up where your eyes are looking. They're weighing up your attitude to what you hear on the news. And his wife, his, her husband, seen something different in her, in her. And it made him curious and what it attracted him. And Vera tells me now that he's now going to church. On a Sunday, he's got his PhD. He's living in Cambridge. He's now going to church. And he's joined a men's Bible study. God's word says the entrance of your word brings light. And God's word is beginning to break down his heart. And that's what we're doing in the Meeting Point. You know, We're we're just a place where we scatter seeds. We're just scattering seeds and it's up to the Holy Spirit. We can't make it grow, but we can scatter it. The girl behind Susan there in the middle with blue glasses on was an Indonesian Muslim. She came to me at the gate one day and said she wanted to have a word with me. And she told me that she said, look, we, we Muslims, we only care about Muslims. But here in the International Meeting Point, I see that you Christians care about everybody. How do I become a Christian? And she bowed her head that morning and, and gave her life to Jesus Christ. And, you know, her husband wasn't a Christian. He was a Muslim as well. And he's seen something different in his wife. From, and, and he started coming to my Bible studies, and then he started coming to church. And he gave his life to Jesus Christ as well. And that girl, she was so excited about being a Christian, she went and told her friend there in the front row as well, that girl, Cory. And she became a Christian as well and was baptized uh, as a, a believer a couple of years ago. My time is really marching on, so we've got to march on. More up-to-date story. A couple of people who like hamburgers. <laughs> a bit like myself. Some of the things that we do... Uh, not only do we share the gospel and have Bible studies, but sometimes we take people away. And this, uh, in May, I think it was May of this year, we took away 140 people on three buses down to Carnfunnock, and we cooked 200 halal burgers, and we gave them out, and there was all kinds of fun. Uh, And people who had never been out of Belfast, and some refugees and asylum seekers, Uh, we're really thankful for that day but that lady not everybody who comes to the meeting point uh, comes through just through us Uh, actually she went to that lady went to a a lady's mum and tots and uh, someone told her about the meeting point Uh, she's a Scottish lady Alistair Begg will be interested in that but she'd never opened a Bible in her life absolutely no idea what the Bible taught about anything and, uh, she, this lady brought her to the meeting point to me and she asked me, what is the story of the Bible? And I read her and I studied one night. We studied John chapter three about Nicodemus and the, the spirit of God blowing and how Jesus was, would be lifted up like Moses lifted up the bronze snake. And the next week we were going to do another Bible study. We were going to look at the, the woman, uh, uh, from Samaria at the well and, uh, I said to her, did you, did you think about the things I said last week? She said, I did. She said, I went home and I got down on my knees beside my bed and I, I repented of my sin and I asked Jesus to come into my life. And she's been going on now with God about a year. And, you know, it has meant real highs for her and real lows. Her sisters, her family, they all see something completely different in her. They see her behavior, her language, her attitude, her anger. Jesus Christ is dealing with all of those things. But the other things that are happening to her as well is that she's losing friends. She isn't walking away from her friends. But some of her friends in Straban, who were her friends, now because they see her as a Protestant, because she comes to church with me on a Sunday, they see her as a traitor. But she's got a joy in her heart that she didn't have before. She's got a peace that she didn't have before. And it was Jesus Christ that gave her that peace. You could pray for her sister. Her sister, uh, she won't mind me saying, her sister uh, had a, a sore arm and she went to the doctor and uh, they went to hospital just, just two weeks ago. And they did a scan and her sister has a brain tumor, a lung tumor, and a tumor in her kidney. And they said to her sister that she had stage 4 cancer. Susan asked the doctor, how many stages are there? And the doctor said, there's four stages. So she's, this weekend, I haven't heard yet because, uh, I haven't seen her this week yet because she was in Strabant, but I gave her the Jesus video. And she was to show her sister the Jesus video, seen by two billion people. Jesus video was taken away and Susan has it for her father. And she wants them to know the joy that she has too so times marched on so we're going to gallop haven't time to talk about them an Afghan family who came to the meeting point Uh, this guy is an Iranian another guy brought to the meeting point by someone else Uh, he was been in Ireland 10 years but he knew there were Iranians coming to the meeting point someone else brought him along because we have a pastor comes up from the south of Ireland to do a service in the Farsi language once a month And this guy Reza came along. He's now uh, going to Bible college and he's now doing Handling the Word. And he said to me one day, he said, uh, I had a dream about God last night. And I said, well, you're very, very, you know, I think of Hebrews chapter 1 that in former times God spoke by the prophets through visions and dreams. And I often wonder, maybe I need Alistair Begg for this one, but Does God still use dreams? Does God still use visions? Well, this guy had a dream about Jesus, and I said to him, look, I believe if God was speaking to you last night, God wants you to be his child. And he said, I want to become a Christian, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ. And, you know, God began to change his life. Uh, He's now married and that, that was a year ago, and they've just had their first little baby. And God has, has really wonderfully worked on his life. And I had, I had other pictures I could have shown of, of people in dreams, but time really has Look, wonderful stories about some of these people. But I'm sorry, you, you can't have those either. <laughs> but they were really the best stories too. <laughs> I'm sorry you're going to miss them. But time's defeating us. That's what the meeting point looks like around lunchtime. Anything between 80 and 100 people at lunchtime. Wonderful story about the guy with the glasses. Wonderful testimony as a Christian. Taken under the wing by a former moderator, Dr. McNee. And uh, is part of his family now. His father had a serious accident. He's getting married in a couple of weeks' time. His father had a serious accident. The church were praying for him. He's just come out of a coma and has begun to speak. So wonderful story. Look, we, we do food every day. We, we don't just... I mean, I commend Sazer for what they do, but this isn't the way we do it. We share the gospel with people at tables. We share the gospel in Bible studies every day of the week. But we also feed people, and we clothe people, and we give people bicycles, and we help people. And this guy here was one of the very first guys ever to start and cook lunch for us. He's from Palestine. His name's Omar. And that's what he cooks up in the top corner. And it's rotten. <laughs> Honestly, you, you couldn't eat it. <laughs> and I know, I know I make a joke of it, but God does answer prayer. Because he now lives in Germany. <laughs> so we have a a young girl down there, a single mum from the markets area, got beside my wife and got to know her uh, in the meeting point. And uh, Vera had a huge part to play in that girl's life and still has. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ and took a very brave decision to become a member of a Presbyterian church. And just had her, she's got married as well instead of living with someone. And she's just had her second baby. So we really pray for her too. Look, that's a, a group of ladies from Lisburn who met. This is how you could help. Many churches come and, and now take part in mission with us by cooking a meal for us one day a week so that they can talk to people and get to see for themselves how it works. And it's funny, for the, the Bangor uh, Convention, I was speaking at Malay on Sunday morning, and I showed this slide, and I was talking about ladies coming uh, from all over the place to, to cook lunch for us. And, and this woman sitting beside me said in a loud voice, that's too far away. I said, look, they come from Derry to cook from us. They come up from Monaton to cook from us. This is only Malay. No, she says, I'm from Lisbon. The picture's too far away. <laughs> so, so you can't help us by cooking, and speak to me afterwards if, you're, if you would be interested in your group coming. Uh, that's an English class. We have about 90 students. We have over 40 people involved in teaching English. It's a big way that we have of just getting to know people and beginning to meet them. We give away bicycles. We started this just for fun two years ago. And now we've given away over 250 bicycles. Some people now come from the Antrim Road, come from East Belfast, Instead of two buses, or what some people do walking for over an hour to get to us, we can give them bicycles, we give them a helmet and a jacket, and and they come and see us. If you have a bicycle, talk to me about it. And that's me. Thank you very much. We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org/slash/donate.